The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. Analyze this live and direct from the Virgin Islands. I got a question for Doc School uh, when I come back. Governor, go, Governor, grab that mic. Are we, we getting ready uh, to, to to come back? I think we're live right now. So, gentlemen, we're, we're back live. Uh, we are joined by the man himself. Pick up that microphone, Governor. Uh, 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 we know that with high tech, you don't normally put things in your ear and all that stuff, but we're going manualist, but I don't want that microphone in your hand. Good morning, Governor. Welcome to Analyze This Allocation, man. What's up, man? I, I'm great. I know I'm on your show tomorrow. Yes. I didn't. I didn't. I have the privilege of being on it today with my esteemed colleagues yeah. right here, Rocky and uh, you know, Ducks. We, we call are... everybody by their nickname we... today. <laughs> good morning, Virgin Islands. Bobby too. And, and of course, thank you very much for giving me that promo, Governor. Because you're going to be on tomorrow for like an hour and a half, right? Or an hour and 15 minutes, something like that? Tomorrow, yeah, we're going to be on there for a while. You know, when I come to, by you, had a, it's like a black hole. I had to come and pack my overnight bag, everything. <laughs> no, it is. Just stay. Uh, and we appreciate so, that. Before I before I come to you, Docs, I mean, Governor, Docs, we live and direct in St. Thomas. Capital. And, uh, the, the, the capital. And uh, I think the name of the band was Chalice, and they had a live album, and they used to ask this question. You know what live and direct mean, Docs? Live and direct. Thank you very much. That's what I mean. Live <laughs> <Yeah>. and direct. <laughs> so, so we go to that. Governor, speech number six. Talk a little bit about preparation, first of all, and then delivery. Well, you know, the, the speech is a, essentially a three months progress. Uh, a work of, a work of like, a lot of people collaborated, but my, my chief of staff, Carl Knight, uh, writes the majority of the speech. We argue and debate over what the theme's going to be, upbeat, downbeat, how the outlook is looking. And I can say this year, you know, we put in a lot of work um, to get it done. And, you know, I will, I love it when people come up to me and they say, Governor, I don't know how you remember a speech of one, 40 minutes long, in look at the paper once. <laughs> but it's a teleprompter. <laughs> I, I am reading, but, you know, as a technology uh, leader in government, we want to make sure that we're doing the best we can all the time to do it. And it also allows me to deliver the speech the way I really want to, because you can see the passion for me and the things that I really care about. Um, and, and, and in delivering it and the concern for our community, because, you know, things good, but we have a lot of, of, of things to be concerned about because growth kills. And, you know, you can look at businesses, innovative. Um, you look at Seaborn. Um, you can see how, the rapid growth of your business, whether it's providing labor, getting resources, having access to capital, if you're not prepared for growth, it kills you. And that's where the Virgin Islands is now. I mean, we have a massive amount of money flowing through. I mean, I would I never thought in my lifetime I would see a year where the Virgin Islands collect one billion dollars in revenue in a single fiscal year. Totally that was fiscal year twenty twenty two or twenty two. Twenty two was huge. Um, and going back, getting back there, you know, it's difficult. We had nine, a little over 941, but still, that's a lot of money for just general fund. And then when you think about, we had on another four, 500 million in federal spending to that. So, I mean, the government 
as the CEO of the government, I'm managing $1.5 billion a year or more. That, that, um, that's that, a lot of money. That, that's significant. Since I got the governor tomorrow for an hour and a half, yeah. I got yield to my boys. Rocky, deal with the governor. Well, I could correct Rocky. I, you know, Rocky, <laughs> I would be like, oh, governor, how you could tell the people I'm done? <laughs> tell them about Rocky. But, you, you, know, you know, when people talk about appropriation, I just want to make the record clear. There's not a check that the legislature sends $25 million over to the government. Yeah. It's not a bag of money they come over with. They put an appropriation there, then it's up to us to get enough revenues to be able to pay that. So if we if if they make an appropriation for $50 million, but only 20 come in, then we can't pay it. So, you know, when we talk about retirement pay, um, we try our best to make that it's an obligation that I made. I made a promise to the people, I'm going to try to make $25 million at least every year towards a debt that is 40 40 years old. We owe $160 million to the people of the Virgin Islands. This is the first administration that has made consistent payments. Everybody else touch it and leave it alone. Mm. Consistent payments towards paying down a 40-year-old debt to the union, to the people of the Virgin Islands. But it's not easy, you know? So, you know, I would love it if the legislature would cut a check every time I need one for $25 million, $40 million. But that's not what happens. With the, with the money in the bank. You remember before, you know, governors would negotiate with, with the union and then tell them the legislature got to find the money. That's right. That's not what used to happen. That's right. That's we right. never do that. We pay people when we sign a contract. I was, I was a senator, but I tried to forget that part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rocky, Rocky. So, the, 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 say good morning. Good morning. And um, I, I saw you in a real upbeat more last night. I'm a fact, this is. To me, one of your better performances. Things you, good. Yeah, you, 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 you really stepping up, you know. Now there are a couple of things in there that I like that you brought in for the first time. The dealing with the old homes, the they abandoned. Those, yes, yeah. to me, that's a, a a major thing for us. And you know why? Because I just came from Cujan Fiesta. When you come down register, oh yeah. Uh, when you come down register and you see that place, what you saying there and what you're trying to do, that's the ideal thing to do. I I really commend you, but I hope it works because it is gonna lift this place to a level that we haven't seen. And number you, one, and you know, I just want to tell you or not, it's like, it's like it's scary to a politician to attack something like that, right? Because gentrification is a real thing. And I, I'm telling the legislature, look, I lead in this thing. I go in out in front. I go take all the blows, cut, lash, and bullets on it. I say it's me. I don't have to. I don't have to win another election. But we have to do something. No, we have to do it. And I, I, I agree that because too many times leaders don't step up. Sometimes our, our families, we have this cousin and this one all over the place, and somebody died and probate, and nobody wants the fair, but. But, but, at the end of the day, but Rocky, let's talk about that because the governor mentioned that. Yeah. Probate is not an easy thing. No, so, at the end of the day. But how can we educate the public as to how you are finessing, wanting to positively impact downtown areas, derelict buildings, but got to deal with probate, which are family issues more well, than anything well, else? Neville, the way I think is how he's approaching it. Because once it comes from government house, they have the resources to assist those folks that need help, you know, and, and once he assigned those folks to do it, because all people don't have the money. But but, but the governor actually had Tonghao meetings talk about 
your inner workings in the office and how you decided to strategize through the town meeting approach to get the public to understand what we're dealing with. So, so to be told, I mean, Carl, myself, and a lot of us from Gen now, remember that? Yes. Been working on a plan for like the last not 15 years. Generation now. Not generation now. Yeah, yeah. 15 <laughs> years. Yeah. Been. Not generation yesterday. 20, Governor. 2000. Yeah, it's 20 years. 20 years. <laughs> working on a plan to figure out what we do with abandoned and derelict buildings and keep the ownership in the family. And the thing about this is, is when we take over the property as a, as a conservator, the family automatically gets an estate. So it'll be the James estate or the Leibert estate or the Bryan estate. So immediately you have a trust set up where all the money, any proceeds extra than what we develop in the property goes right into it. So the plan is you put it into this, we get a developer, they develop it, they amortize the, the investment over 20 years. So we're going to agree that you're going to get 7% rate of return. Everything over that, goes back into the family trust. At the end of 20 years, which is a very short time, you get back a full building with everything in it and you have a family trust. Then you can elect a board of directors or whatever to decide what's going to happen with the property next. But education is critical with what uh, you're attempting to do. Doug School. Uh, good morning, Governor. And I must say, you are on the job and your presentation last night, upbeat, I appreciate it. The question I have is the economy. And you you have been blessed. People talk about luck. Me talking about luck. You have been blessed. Enter into an administration where we're talking about $12 billion available to the government of the Virgin Islands. And how we are going to make that money impact the economy here in the territory. Now, $8 billion is... We can out, we can use right now. We have only expended, based on my knowledge, two point five billion, right? We're at uh three point three point something billion. Point billion. Last night, yeah, it's two billion. Yeah. Five hundred million a year. Yeah. You spoke about I think it's a super PPO or super PMO project yeah. management. Okay, office. explain that because that is how we want to be able to see that money utilize here and put monies in the coffers. One of the things I did in the legislature is. When I was there to build that deal with paying gross receipts off the top. So if we have all these billions of dollars that's coming through, that's monies that come into the coffers. Right. Okay. Explain that to the people because economy for me is key. But before so, you do that, Governor, Rocky mentioned this earlier. Is this going to be one person or is this going to be a division or an office? It, so the, the division already exists. The Office of Disaster Recovery is already a project management office. But right now, what they're doing is they're managing the project in health, one in the hospitals, one in education, public works might have one, labor might have one. Oh, so now we put taking all of these out of the departments and just putting it in one place. And all those project management um, officers, not all of them, but are going to be situated there with uh, the help we need from consultants and the whatnot to manage these projects and coordinate them in a way that's going to go. Because you, 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 right now, there's at least a billion dollars of projects in progress right now. Between the three schools that were just bid and the one that's in on the way, that's already $850 million. And you add up everything, is at least another $150 million. The Wick building, everything else, Charlotte Kimmerman. In order to get beyond that first billion, you need to be able to have contractors that are large enough to say, 
I have a billion dollars in bonding, right? So what we did is we create eight bundles, St. Thomas Healthcare Facilities, St. Croix Healthcare Facilities, St. Thomas Schools, St. Croix Schools, St. John Facilities, Undergrounding, and I, uh, I think Undergrounding St. Thomas, Undergrounding St. Croix. They bid on these billion dollar packages. So they have that from soup to nuts. Some of those projects are already in design phases. Some haven't come on yet. And they'll sit down with us and say, this is what we're going to spend. This is the timeline we're going to spend it on. We're going to build 100 new apartments, and we're going to put our workers in them, three in an apartment, whatever. So we're, so we're talking multiple ma project management officers within, within this division. Absolutely. So each one of those bundles are going to need somebody to direct and do that, because that's, that's a lot of work. Um, and when you talk about economy on fire, I mean, we have a 126-room hotel building right here on this dock right here at Waiko, mm -hmm. right? Last night, I didn't even talk about Sugar Bay. That's another 300 rooms coming on. Coming back on. Yeah, we have, we're have we in negotiations to put another 126 room in Haven site. We have another one. I can't talk about that one uh, yet. And, and and a couple more coming on and top of St. Croix, too. So not only public sector projects, private sector projects are on fire as well. So when you talk about eating up the manpower and keep going, we, we don't have control of immigration. We can't bring in people. You know, and I wish we could go back to the time in the 70s when the Eastern Caribbean people came to the Virgin Islands and helped us develop oil, refining, watches, and the hospitality industry. We're at that time again in the Virgin Islands of massive growth. And, um, you know, when you look at how tough it is for people to build a house, buy a home, you know, that's why we're creating programs like VI Slice and the like to get going. So a lot a lot going on, a great time to be a Virgin Islanders, but the government have to keep spending. We need some credit. I don't have a credit card. I have a billion dollars in my billion dollars in the budget, general fund, 1.5 with, with all the federal projects. I, can, I don't have a line of credit. That's not that's not realistic. Well, we, well Governor, we, we spoke earlier about uh, what isn't realistic is that the federal government, I understand the, gov the federal government's desire for the match. But given the size of our annual budget and the amount of money they've made available to us for the recovery, 10% of $8 billion is $800 million. If that number is now $12, 12 billion, that's $1.2 billion. That's not realistic. The math does not allow for that. We don't have that, Governor. We don't have that yet, but we do have about $500 million. $100 million on a line of credit. With all due respect, that does not address the need for for the kind of money that we the one point two billion. If we're at twelve billion right yeah, now, I, I, that's, I you're not doing to, the math. You don't like the math. You know. I, I try to tell people that it's like you you. I try to build a house and you giving me ten dollars to go to Home Depot. Why am I with a nail? Before we get that, I, I want to uh, remind the public, those viewing via stream and listening, we're on location here at the Delhi Deck in St. Thomas. Does anybody have a question for the governor? Because uh, I know that he's doing a good job explaining himself, but I just want to make sure that we throw it out to the audience. Good morning, Mr. Administrator. Glad to see you here uh, joining us uh, as well. I guess that's the ducks are doing a great job. You know what I'm saying? So we're good. Uh, let me see how much time we got here left uh, before we go to the break. No, we got two minutes to the break. Rocky, question for the governor. So, governor, uh, that was one thing. I I'm happy to see your administration now being able to find a company that provides insurance. Oh, yeah. You know, we've been, yeah, in the private sector, we really been fighting. Part of all the insurance is going to be a problem with all the storms that we having. It's, it's, it's huge. I don't know. Where are we with that? Well, what are we? 
you know, because to find insurance at an affordable cost is a problem. So, we, we, you know, it's a national problem yes. that we're dealing with. Everybody that have wind storms, as a matter of fact, anybody that have natural disasters, the insurance are pulling up uh, camp. So yeah. that's a national problem. We're leaning on the White House to try to do something about that. We've been in talks with OMB up there. But we also have a problem with the European Union and getting reinsurance in the Virgin Islands because we are on the European Union blacklist. And they talk about that last night. So we're working with State Department, our lobbyists, and now we have uh, some some foreign lobbyists trying to help us get to a point where we could be reinstated and not be blacklisted and get reinsurance. Because the, if you think a problem bad now, in a year from now, it's going to be really bad. When don't they have don't give away everything to their governor. Can don't forget I got you tomorrow for an hour and a half. Okay? <laughs> I want to say, first of all, governor, I know you're busy. I want to thank you very much for joining us here this morning on location. First time ever for Analyze This. I just got a text. Eh? I got to go. Listen, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, it's funny, right, Rock? You say, oh, well, you're really a beat. You know, I'll next 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 one, I will start the ball when it's time. <laughs> <laughs> you missed your calling, you know? No, no, no. no. I pull up something on YouTube, but I didn't play it now. But when I don't watch you giving a speech, the thing I don't focus on is 1988, 89, had a movie named Lean on Me. And that boy had to sing for uh, Morgan Freeman. And uh, uh, when he asked them, where are you learning this song from? And they said, the music teacher. And when he, when the music, when um, Morgan Freeman, Joe Clark, bust the door, What's the door? He said, uh, the music teacher said, I want intonation, phonation, accuracy, and pitch. I, 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 was, I was watching you last night. Yeah. You you had your IPAP. That's that's what it is. Intonation, phonation, accurate pitch. You were doing good last night, You were yeah. comfortable. You were comfortable before you go. I wanted to use that energy with your cabinet level. Yeah. Make them perform a little bit more of what they're doing. Yeah, you know that. We're doing good. You're going to kill them, man. Thank you, yeah. Thank you, Governor. See you in the morning. Yeah. See you in the morning. You know, we're going to talk. You will call me. We got some extraordinary uh, commissioners. We, we, I want to thank them for the work. We, 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 we break in we, we break now. I'll, I'll see you in the morning, Governor. Thank All you right, very much. Thing. I'll, I'll like it. I'll have fun, Governor. Have fun. Once again. start. The Bank of St. Croix provides in-person service, personal and business checking accounts, online banking and mobile apps for banking on the go, a non-profit community investment checking account, and a 24-hour banking cash management platform. There are two locations, one in Gallus Bay and one in Peters Rest. The Bank of St. Croix has something for everyone. Contact a customer service specialist for details regarding our non-profit community investment checking account. Member FDIC. Music can be an incredibly personal experience. A song can inspire you, it can comfort you, it can make you feel understood, but it can even take you back to a specific moment in your life. And it all begins with the artist. Join me, Raina Duras, as I get personal through in-depth interviews with your favorite musicians and find out where those songs come from on World Cafe. Weekdays at 10 p.m. on WTJX-FM 93.1.
Saturday mornings, we're here for you with Weekend Edition. Two hours of news, interviews, new music, new books, rattling good stories, interesting people, challenging analysis, laughs, air shows, and donkey rides for the kids. So come along with us. Weekend Edition, Saturday mornings from NPR News. Weekend Edition, Saturdays at 8 a.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. The PBS NewsHour has a rich legacy of in-depth reporting and strong storytelling. Only four people have sat in that chair before us, and the enormity of this moment is not lost on me. People turn to us because they know they can hear from trusted sources of information and news. That won't change a bit, even as the faces behind the desk change. Good evening. I'm Jeff Bennett. And I'm Amna Nabaz. Weekdays at 7 p.m. on WTJX TV, Channel 12. Welcome back to radio. Uh, we're here in St. Thomas at the Delhi Deck. Uh, great, great discussion with the governor just now. We had Mr. Dan Flippo from United Steel Workers uh, before that. And uh, we're now going to talk with the private sector, right? Rocky and Docs, we're doing a good job today. We're comfortable. Unions, government, yeah. now the people who generate the revenue, right? The, the, the money. Dan Woods, welcome to analyze this, man. Good morning. Good to see you. Happy New Year. It's still January. Happy New Year to you. Uh, you look good. You're looking good, man. I like that, man. You're looking good. Everything <laughs> younger. Yeah. yeah. Well, we trying. But so, I just told the governor, you know, I felt like I'm following Dave Chappelle. So you know, it's, it's hard to follow Dave Chappelle. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. How Hello. you been? How are you? How you been? Oh, I'm fine. Thank you well? Yeah. How's St. Thomas? Because you with the children. Uh, St. Thomas, I, you know, St. Thomas is uh, is doing well, in my opinion, uh, economically. I think the governor talked about it last night. I think where we're not doing so well, in my opinion, is the downtown area. Well, well I, gl- I, I glad suffered quite a bit. No, I, I glad you went there because yeah. I've had this discussion with Rocky so, and Docs. Painful to see Main Street in 2024 compared to what we saw in its heyday. Now, I know the ecosystem has changed. Right. Cruise ships, they literally, they have everything on the cruise ship now, which undermines what the, what Main Street and back street and waterfront used to provide. I mean, look, we used to catch plane to come to buy Bally's. We had a Bally store on the waterfront back in the day. Yeah. How do you finesse and work your way back to where Main Street has the kind of, if not 100% impact and approximation level at 80, 90% to get Main Street back to be in the face that it was? Well, what a lot of us have talked about is residential. We got to get residential downtown, and uh, I'm actually working on several projects where investors are doing just that. Once you have residential, it'll also promote entertainment because everybody complains there's not enough to do downtown, which is why they don't come. Not only that, public safety. If you have residential downtown, that will increase public safety presence as yes. well. Yes, yes, okay. it will. And the, the research and technology part. They have an innovation district project that they're looking at, and hopefully um, one day unfurl that, and the Chamber of Commerce will get the, the buy-in. Uh, one of the well. things we have talked with the governor about is whether there could be in, any sort of incentivizing for other business ventures other than retail. Even the retailers say their time has come and gone, uh, and we need to get 
that to change or downtown is just not going to turn around. Uh, the cruise ships indicated for years now that at least St. Thomas, the product is stale and needs to be reinvigorated. Is that fair? Because I think I think that could be a, that uh, cruise ships and entities type, try to use those type of excuses well, they, for not yes, reinvestment. Yeah. So I, I think I, I think in fairness to, 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 to what they project and what really going on at the ground, I don't know if that's necessarily accurate. Well, if we only have one product being sold, which is jewelry, it's the tourists are not after one or two stores that, okay, we've seen enough, let's correct. go back. Correct, correct. Rocky, talk to your boy, John Woods. Well, listen, I, Mr. John Woods, uh, good morning to you. Good morning. Uh, I've known you for a long time. I'm not fact, this guy was back in 95 when we did the building code. He was part of it. This is post Maryland. Yeah. yeah. Well, he was one of those guys, you know, in his field. So I want to go to his field. Yeah. For, yeah. Before I go to downtown. I have a problem with. Tell the public, tell the public his field. Yeah. I have a problem with construction yeah. in, in the territory. I, I believe that we have over the years seen so many destruction. We've seen, we've analyzed what we did in 1995, the Maryland. We saw where many of the homes were destroyed and the, the roof that stayed on was the hip roof in, in most cases. So we've learned to build accordingly. But my thing is that cost of building in the territory is ridiculously outrageous. What it is, can the, the engineers and the architects come together, looking at our code, finding a way to develop a home, and I'm talking about a three-bedroom, two-bath minimum, that can really fit the pocket of our residents. Not this $400,000 deal. Something better than that. And I believe we can. I believe we can. We may need to change some material here and there. But to me, that gives the community a better live. People will live here longer. People will come and stay. They won't be traveling. The economy would grow because you're going to pay taxes on your homes. What's your thoughts? Well, you know, there's a lot of factors and what has caused construction costs to go up. Yeah. Most recently, it's inflation. Inflation, as the governor talked in his speech last night, has impacted costs uh, 20%. Really, it, it right now on government projects, on these disaster recovery projects, it's not unusual for the price to be a thousand dollars a square foot. That's that's incredible. Yes, it is. I mean, I, I I have a hard time dealing with that. Um, you know, uh, years ago, a developer talked to me about how concrete in Puerto Rico is an industry that is regulated it's not regulated here wow. so that's one reason you go to puerto rico it's concrete all over the place for everything roof walls Regu regulated in puerto rico yeah regulated in the virgin Islands. yeah so it, we as a result of not being regulated here they could do what the cost is very high yeah and that's the building block for most of our projects in the virgin islands because we as a community prefer masonry construction to uh, what I call stick-built 
construction. Would that would that be legislated or would that be a department of license? Uh, that's a legislated item. That's a legislated yeah. item. Okay, good. See, yeah. I asking. I don't want people to think that we know everything, right? Yeah. Right, right. Can we be, people like to blame us? I can like, right. no, that's what we ask. No, I, I want to uh, know. Uh, he's, he's getting to the point because right. you, some awards. I saw. I've been in Georgia for a while, and I've seen how they build over there. They put a slab. They do a lot of just just um framing up. Of course, the material they use are not treated like what we have here because of the terrain, and, and we have the termites and so here, but. Using the same concept, we got the Durak and all those treated lumber here. I believe that there's a way, there's a path that we could do something that's cheaper than what we're doing. I, I, I don't know what you're talking because you're a builder. I'm not. You know, you're a draftman. You know it. Well, yeah, I'm a, I'm a designer more yeah. than a builder. But uh, it's I think the regulation of some of some of the material is what will reduce the cost okay uh because it, it, that's really what is driving the high cost and oh. contractors they don't just estimate what the value is today if they know it's going to be a two-year project well what's the cost going to be in two years and most recently with these big inflationary costs they have jacked the number up incredibly um but there's something i want to touch on um Senator Cole and I have spoken about it, and you mentioned it as it relates to inflation. One of the arguments, and, I, and I'm going to yield to Docs. Docs, we have spoken about greed on the private side. Now, I know you know what the, the, the Chamber of Commerce, but that's a big issue on the mainland that they're actually talking about. They call it greedflation, not just inflation. Uh, you just mentioned perhaps why that's the case, because they're projecting prices uh, right. down the road. Docs. Uh, I'm going to yield to you. The, the question I have, uh, good morning, Mr. Woods. I know Mr. Morning. Woods long time. And his mother be rolling over in a grave to see what's going on down Main Street. Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, well, let she rest in peace. Yeah, and she resting in No, yeah. she ain't resting in peace. <laughs> let her rest in peace. Yes, we want her to rest in peace. Yeah. The business sector runs Virgin Islands government economy, correct? The taxes that are paid by businesses is what government use to carry out their mandate, correct? Some of the money. Yeah, okay. a lot of it is in income tax. Income money. Yeah, yeah. That, that portion, but... Corporate and growth. As, as, yeah. as Chamber of Commerce, what is it that businesses face here in the territory to stay open, to make a profit? What are the variables impacting business? And those are the Chamber of Commerce that a business would open this week and they open for two months and next week they close. What are the variables that are impacting business here in the territory? And how, with all these multi-million dollar corporations that are coming in to provide building, construction, hospitals, schools, how do, do the Virgin Islands incorporate our workforce and we get a piece of that money? How are we going to speak to that? Well, I think I think one of the biggest issues many businesses face here is energy costs. Without a doubt, energy costs is a big driver uh, on what the cost to the consumer will be. And you can't just raise the price to the consumer because the consumer will say, "Okay, that's way too much. I don't need your product. I don't need your restaurant. I don't need this afterwards." And and uh, that contributes a lot. 
foreclosures. Um, I think a lot of businesses also talk about obviously the gross receipts because it's a gross receipt. Whether you made money or you lost money, you must pay that gross receipt. And uh, that's a big factor um, that contributes as well towards closure. But I believe energy costs is probably one of the biggest contributors to, to businesses not getting started or closing were you given what you heard last night state of the territory speech sixth version from this governor this administration you confident that we're heading on the right track um as it relates to developing and redeveloping the virgin islands from a st thomas chamber of commerce perspective mr woods oh i believe we are uh as, as it pertains to what's going on here you know i work on a lot of disaster recovery projects some of which the governor spoke about. I just spoke about um, the private sector getting more engaged in hospitality. That's something that hasn't happened, he's correct, for decades. How, so, how, how do we incorporate the, the necessary, the requisite education component for that to happen? What Say that again. How do we incorporate the requisite education component for what the governor talked about, hospitality, uh, what have you? Because if, if they said we stale, then we got to look at it holistically, not just from a stale lens. We need to comprehensively address areas of need to make our hospitality better. Well, I'm not sure of whether any anything related to hospitality. I think there is provided as a, a course of study at UVI. And um, I believe, given all the construction project management, is probably a good a good idea uh you know the the office of disaster recovery uh a lot of them uh a lot of the personnel are, are made up of young virgin islanders and i try not to give them a hard time because they are the future and um they the experience they're getting working on these projects um is going to pay dividends for us in the future, so there are opportunities there. Uh, as it pertains to WAPA, you know, I think all of us feel enough hasn't been done with WAPA. It's been 20 years now, Mr. Woods. This, yeah. this, this is a generational uh, problem we've had with our energy crisis. Yeah, and that's is just not getting resolved. I know, uh, Senator Cole, you were in the PSC, so uh, so you know you know, uh, uh, the issues that WAPA faces, but from the chamber point of view, we view WAPA as a bankrupt corporation that we're trying to keep afloat. And uh, well, making an argument for privatization, Governor? Because these two young men were senators in either 99, 2000, when there was a sudden energy uh, proposal, um, privatization. You, you, you think the time is now? That's 25 years ago. Well, yes, I think the time is is now. I think the, the governor would disagree with me. The governor gone. So, so <laughs> but, 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 uh, he going to be out tomorrow with me uh, in, in the normal setting. But um, a lot of folks have said it's been 60, 60 plus years with WAPA. And as it stands right now, uh, we can't fool ourselves anymore. It's not working. That's the and you know, there has been interest in WAPA. 
as I've been been told by by some individuals. Okay. Can't really say who. But <laughs> <laughs> you optimistic about the Virgin Islands, Mr. Woods? Your homeland? You think you think that you? Oh actually, yeah, you I actually, am optimistic about what is going on. Mm -hmm. uh, it's certainly a lot better than how things were before the storm. Uh, the storms of seventeen, because at that point. Uh, Governor Mapp was sort of corralled in. It was very hard for him to do what he wanted to do. He just didn't have access to the bond markets to make major improvements. So um, the storms were terrible. But you realize provided the opportunity. One of the things that we talk about, you realize that the pandemic, from a dollar perspective, we were actually a jurisdiction that benefited. Oh, we benefited yeah. tre tremendously. Yeah, yeah we, we, during we, that time uh, here in St. Thomas, if you wanted to have reservations for dinner, you had to make it almost two weeks in advance. Yeah, man, uh, and, you couldn't and, get in anywhere. And and that's actually the reverse of literally everywhere else, right? Yes. Where they were closing down ports, and the governor. Did that. One thing you can say we want about the administration, right? I've had my yeah. issues with them. Yeah. They did an excellent job yes, managing the pandemic. You know, some of our EDC beneficiaries actually moved to the Virgin Islands permanently during that that uh, time. You know, they're supposed to be here permanently to begin with, that's but I mean, they were here 365. That's what we're talking about. I, I hope that when they decided to come here during the pandemic, they choose to stay because <laughs> this this is paradise. We're here uh, at uh, the Delhi Deck in the Haven. Yeah. We're talking with Mr. John Woods. You are the president. President of the St. Thomas, St. John Chamber, and Thomas is also, right, a long-standing businessman. The family got roots here. How many generations? Seven, eight, nine? Uh, about, no. Um, I don't know how much you, <laughs> you got to go back to the 1800s. Multi-generational. Multi-generational. I want to thank you very much for joining us. Thank for you. Taking some time out. Um, first, first ever analyze this on location and i'm glad that you joined us this morning mr woods yes and of course you know my, my schoolmate kenny benjamin the brag boy you all the time so, you know so <laughs> yes so, kenny so we, and i worked together for over 20 years, over 20 years. Yeah. That, that's my boy thank you very much sir i appreciate right. it thank you and uh you know rocky uh we're doing well um you know we 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 gonna we gonna continue to do what we gotta do we're gonna take a break now when we come back we're gonna get Hopefully, um, Madam Chair, uh, if you're ready to join us, Madam Chairman, if, if you're ready to join us, there's a chair here for you. Uh, we're going to get the Senate President. We're going to get one hour uh, in, in, in the chair there. I want to um, let the public know Carl Knight uh, has been here throughout. I appreciate that call. And uh, see you tomorrow, man. In. Make sure to come with a go. Right. With so much going on, it can be hard to keep up with who's doing what and why. I'm Aisha Roscoe, host of Weekend Edition Sunday, letting you know whether it's news from across the country and the world or a deep conversation about a novel, movie, or music, we got you. Grab your coffee or your earbuds and tune in to Weekend Edition from NPR News. Sundays at 8 a.m. right here on WTJX FM, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. Hi, I'm Peter Sagal. You spent the week listening to the news. Don't you think you deserve to show off what you've learned on Wait, Wait, We Give You a Chance to Impress Your Friends with Your Knowledge of International Incidents, Political Gaffes, and the Latest Advancement in German Nudists? You'll be the life of the party or the death. Either way, you'll make an impression and you can thank Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Saturdays at 1 p.m. and Sundays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1.
your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. Ah, sometimes you need a moment to just step back, relax, and listen to your favorite song. I'm Raina Duris, and on the next World Cafe, maybe I can help you find something new to love, or maybe remind you of something you've been missing. There's so much music out there to enjoy, so take a moment, take a breath, and tune in to World Cafe. Weekdays at 10 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. So I spent the past year trying to figure out what news design for 21st century humans might look like. One of the things that really stuck with me was that we now know that humans actually need hope to get up in the morning. And I don't think as a journalist, I ever thought about it that way. We're always looking for new and better ways to understand the world we live in. That's On Point with me, Meghna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. radio we back live and i'm gonna start with you doc school this big shot that we have joining uh, us here this morning she, she could take up the microphone you don't have to be bashful madam chairman take up the microphone in front of you that's how we, so we could talk uh you were in the legislature when she worked in the legislature as a, a uh i think it's post audit uh back in the day were you there then uh I, I was not a senator, but we worked in the legislature. So y'all were part of... Um, yeah, we were part of central, central staff. staff. We were part uh, of central uh, staff. President, and, President back then. What years are we talking about, Madam Madam, Madam uh, Chair? We're talking about um, 1987. That's... Um, come to the farm, you know. That's Ruby Rose until um, she yes, finally passed. absolutely. And then Ivan right? Stradera uh, took over from... Uh, this uh, lady Canada. have institutional knowledge mm. and understands the working of government so from her, so, every level so her running first isn't just about being lovely and intelligent institutional knowledge is a part of that institutional knowledge and have the ability to stand and defend that's why right, when you need to i want to repercussions come when you stand and defend i'm a victim of that but yes. she had conviction huh she has conviction that's what you're saying she got yeah. a lot of conviction <laughs> Good morning. The, the, the dm the, what's it the d the notorious DFG. Good morning, Madam Chairman. Welcome to Analyze This on location. Good morning. Good morning. It's an absolute pleasure to see Analyze This right here on the grounds of Thomas, U.S. Virgin Islands. We ain't going that you ain't getting me no problems. No. <laughs> it's, it's good to see you here. This is a this is a nice opportunity. And we're glad to be here. You have sat in the legislature for all six speeches because you came in to a public office the same time as the governor. Yes, I did. Tell us about last night's speech from your perspective as the finance chair of the 35th As the finance chair. Well, yeah. you know, the governor covered, uh, I don't think he, he covered just about everything. Uh, the only thing he didn't really drill on is agriculture. A lot of people said that in the speech. Very much missing. Yeah. It was missing because for me, because you know, I was I'm, I am the prime sponsor of the agriculture plan, and we see that the you know agriculture is really bubbling up in the territory now. And as I drive uh, in Saint Croix in particular, you know, I continue to ask myself, what, what was the missed opportunity that we had over the years to really make agriculture a real part of our community? But you know what, the time is now. So he missed the agriculture component, but I'll say that 
he did talk about the economy. Uh, he touched on education. Um, he touched on health care, crime, gun violence. Um, he touched on the disaster recovery and health. Very, very you know, he, he kind of glossed over health a little bit. He talked about the utility company, about WAPA. So he basically tried to touch on basically everything. But what was really important for me is, um, you know, where we are from an economic perspective. Because in order for us to really provide government services, we have to shore up our financials in the territory. Let me stop, let me stop you right there. Rocky, I got nothing to yield, but you know, because you were the one who brought up that topic. The, the governor the governor didn't hesitate to answer you because the, 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 the discussion in the post-speech conversation on Channel 12 last night was that whatever it was, misunderstanding, disrespect, what have you, as it relates to that line item appropriation, the governor said he has to make decisions. Our issue was lack of communication right. at the high level. So let me hear yeah. to you and talk to the governor, talk to the, to the, that, that's the chairman of the finance committee. Is. The governor, this is the sixth state of the territory. We deal with federal funds from day one. There's got to be a point where you know what you're getting. You know what the problems are. You know what you need to do to address the federal government. Now, the federal government changes all the time now. There's always an issue here or there. But you got to be able to be ready, have a team. I call it a cadre of ex experts that say, look, your job is to address these federal funds. I don't want to see a dollar going back. I want you to work with the agency. I make sure they agenda correctly, that we don't want any audits and all that stuff. Well, yeah, about, yeah. All of the things that are necessary. Yes. I want you to be able to address that. So when education has money, you meet with the commissioner. You determine what commissioner. We have X amount of dollars. It got to be spent by such and such a time. Um, but what are you going to do for it? So you got to do the create a plan for them. That's what, to me, that's leadership. Speak up, speak leadership about that. requires that. The governor said, what was it, PMO, Project Management Office? That's what he said? Yeah, what he so said, PMO, yeah. The governor spoke about management. a PMO approach for the different agencies. What's your take on that? Sure, the, uh, what you speak of is the accountability piece. Yeah. And um, let's just be real. Uh, the, the salaries that we offer here in the Virgin Islands um, is difficult for us to really attract um, individuals, even folks from the diaspora, in the diaspora, to come back home to really pro provide these services. But what we must do, we must ensure that we have systems in place where we are monitoring. I'm a firm believer that what gets monitored gets done. And if there's no one watching the hen house, then we know what's going to happen. We know what's going to happen. The, the mangoes then will come in and do whatever they want to do. Yeah, it's, so not a matter, it's, it's, it's your, important your, for your, us. Your, your use of the animals got me yes, smiling. Right? Yeah. But it's important for us to really also acknowledge that we do have some challenges with um, our workforce here in the territory. But we have, as leaders, and as leaders as the, of the respective departments and agencies, we must set up action plans and systems in place to make sure that those important things, like the federal funds that are awarded to us that we in fact spend those federal funds draw them down get the monies back into the coffers and keep it moving we have to show that we are able to diligently do that and that's not rocket science it's da, not da, donna cole the esteemed the distinguished lady from saint thomas saint john mentioned salaries but 
there's another component, cost of living. And we speak about this all the time. Salaries is one thing, but you got to factor in the cost of living as it relates to the salaries as well. And we talk about that. We mentioned it with Mr. Woods. Our energy, our energy crisis completely undermines our ability to attract the brightest and the best, in particular those from here who would want to come back home after being educated on the mainland. Salaries is key. And the governor had all kind of things away. They went to Atlanta, they went all over the place trying to attract people coming in. But when they come in, what do they have? The cost of living in the Virgin Islands. Maybe we have the cost, the highest cost of living in the Virgin, under the U.S. flag mm -hmm. in in the Virgin Islands because of energy. Because of that, we have issues and variables that impact salary. Yes. Energy, food, everything we we consume comes in. There's a cost with that. So we, you might say, oh, I make eighty thousand dollars, a hundred thousand dollars, or you pay. A commissioner, 125. Some people said that's too much money. But the fact remains the cost of living is here. Never one of the things I want to address, former president and now chairman, is for me what I see a disrespect to the legislative branch of government. I came out of the legislature. I worked there for 20 years, served three, so about 25 years of my life in the legislature. And when the legislature as an entity, as a separate and co-equal branch of government is looked upon in this committee as a rubber stamp, right? And appropriations are made, Neville. And the governor can have his concerns. The question I have to ask you, in the budget, was there a language in there that the governor has the authority to take money from any available funds in the Treasury of the Virgin Islands, because it would impact the ability of the governor to say, well, we have 25 million line at him, but I need this right now. Did he have that authority to go in that line that we put in there that can take money uh, away from government? The budget, absolutely not. Don't have it. Absolutely okay. Not. So basically, that's what it is. The legislature passed a law, went to court, the legislature override, the governor challenge, right? That's a, that's a whopper, it? And the legislature didn't even go to the court allow the court now have to call them in and say, listen, you guys have to come and respond. That's a problem that I have as a former senator. As a former senator, as a former, senator, senator, a former right. employee, a student of government to see the legislature just sit down and allow rough shot to be drawn, to be thrown over. Well, well, I don't know if you well, can respond well, to that. Well, senator DFG, respond to that, if you will, well, to the best um, of your ability. You know, as a legislator, we have to understand how the, the layers of the legislature work. So, as a legislature, um, particularly here in the territory, you know, we have, we appoint, or we select rather a, a Senate president. And we have leadership with our vice president, our majority leader, and our legislative secretary. So we could have the discussions, but the leadership have to be, I mean, you could individually take this on, you know, because remember uh, uh, former Senator Alicia Chucky Hansen, God rest her soul, um, she took on a lot of those types of things on her own, but you know, we, let, let's just say we may be a different breed, but we really lean on the leadership. You have the discussions to really pull the trigger and, um, figuratively speaking, yes, figuratively, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Right. So, 
um, they, they are responsible. That, that's how we look at it as we work together as a caucus. Um, that, that's what you look to right now for, for action, for the leadership to say, yes, okay, we've discussed this. And this is something that we should move forward with. It don't always happen. Well, but me, I do agree with you that we should not sit by the wayside because then what we're doing is diminishing the uh, the authority of the legislature. Well, let, let uh, we be have to be very careful of that. Let, let me be more specific as it relates to this, what I believe is solid legislation from a standpoint of addressing a concern of the people of the Virgin Islands. The legislature passed WAPA reform, right? Mm -hmm. As it relates to board and leadership. Yeah. The administration has taken a position, they're not respecting it, and it's now a matter of, uh, uh, a it's now a legal issue. Are we still in the courts with this, or have we had a fi final determination as it relates to that? It's still in courts? That's what uh, former Senator Cole okay. was talking about. That matter is still before the court, and you know that um, just, just recently there's been some challenges with uh wapa saying look we need some money and we're like look you guys need some money but we've passed legislation for exactly what you're saying the leadership the makeup of the board etc i know you're coming to us you have not implemented these things they're actually in support of the governor's position when it comes to that particular legislation so we have to also well 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 our job is to ensure um you know public safety and, and, and what's necessary for our community, we also have to take a position on these types of matters. And we have taken one. And that's my position that, look, if we're going to work together, then we're going to work together in earnest. We Point. can't work together in convenience. Rock, you wanted to ask a, a final yeah. question because well, we got like three minutes left with the Senator. I, I want to go back to um, this federal funds. And I know it's cost of living is high and the salaries and all of that all of that is fine but let's be real we we know that we have to do this and we know that it's not going to happen today alone it's going to be for years we have to hire these people put them in a, a year contract and have them train some of our people so that in the future now we have people ready to do this job that's a, that's what you call an investment we have to make that investment. That's vision. Whatever it takes. That's vision. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, and um, getting back to now with the the leadership, I understand what the Madam President is saying, but I know she's trying to be nice. <laughs> she's trying to be nice about it, you know, but respectful. Yeah, respectful. But Rocky, we, we can speak to it, and so can she. I've been in the chair. Yeah. A lot yes. of people think it's easy looking externally that's right into the chamber yes, and then when an incident like that yeah, with yeah. Governor Snyder. yeah. yeah. And, and, Governor then, Snyder. And, and then you come into the legislature yeah. and you hit the first thing you know say what yes Governor Snyder took a black grant he didn't send it to the legislature he signed it up sent it back up without a doubt so doubt. we ended up writing back to congress tell them look this didn't come to us that's right. They had to come right back around. That's right. So you, That's have, right. To do, you have to do what yeah. you have to do. And, and Madam President, Madam Chairwoman, because I, I, I keep forgetting your transition back. Um, it's a pleasure to have you here this morning. We appreciate you. The Senate President has uh, joined us as well. Senator Bolkes is here. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to wrap up. Uh, we're we going to wrap up our radio version, but we're going to stream for another segment afterwards so we could get um, them to uh, put something uh, on the record, so to speak. I know this is Generation Gun. Question for you, Madam Chair, that we asked uh, Mr. Woods. 
eternally optimistic about the Virgin Islands and our future? Eternally optimistic about the Virgin Islands and our future? Absolutely. I have to be optimistic optimistic yeah. about the future of the Virgin Islands. Yeah. Um, I believe that we have good leaders here. And um, it is, it, it's important for us to work together. I, I don't know that our optimism could come to fruition absent of collaboration. I am big on collaboration. I believe that um, if we put our collective heads together to address the issues that we are facing, I, I, am, I see that there's an opportunity for us to turn the corner. Um, we have billions of dollars in federal funds, and we also have Epstein dollars. And I believe that we have, we have a unique opportunity. We have a unique opportunity to turn the corner and be better for all the funds that has come to this territory. It's a blessing, and we have to make sure that we make, we make good of that blessing. So you, absolutely, I'm you, optimistic. You, you, yes. you, you answer that question with respect to conviction when you bring up the Epstein money. Just know, so I got to give you credit for that. Thank you very much. For, for joining us, uh, 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 what we're going to do, right, we, we want to thank the Delhi Day, right, for the radio portion of this uh, show, for, for making our first remote analyze this. And I want to personally thank both of you, young men from St. Thomas and St. John, the capital, right, for, for making this happen. And I, I, I'm going to let the public know, none of this will happen if we don't have a great staff at WTJX, Excellent. right? They put in the work. The preparation is comprehensive. They make this work. So thank you very much for joining us on radio this morning. Special collector's item edition of Analyze This here at the Daily Deck. Can I get a round of applause from everybody, please? Yeah. Ooh, for, ooh, for, ooh, for making ooh, this happen. Ooh. What we're going to do now, uh, we're going to be on we're gonna be streaming. Right? The views so and I, opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. As the news gets more complex and changes through the day, you need more than just a quick headline check. Here and Now keeps you connected to your world between Morning Edition and All Things Considered as the news and the people shaping it are changing in real time. I'm Robin Young. Follow along on Here and Now, NPR News, weekday afternoons. From 2 to 4 on WTJX-FM, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. These days, people go to great lengths to shed the stress of daily life. There's acupuncture, deep tissue massage, meditation, yoga. At All Things Considered, we offer our own type of healing, invigorating news stories that span the rainbow of human experience. Nourish your mind and escape from the ordinary. Weekdays on All Things Considered from NPR News. From 5 to 8 p.m. right here on WTJX-FM 93.1.